23 as we begin. Please follow along here on the screen. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you for reading along with me, and excuse me, I hope that many of you have those words memorized by now. After six weeks of reading them out loud together, I hope you have them memorized. But we're in week six, verse six, of Fearless Living, Psalm 23, Living the Light of a Shepherd. And as we get to week six, I think we're kind of in the tunnel. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and we're almost through this adventure, this expedition, this camping trip, where if you remember in the very first week, I said, we're going to go on a camping trip. But it's going to be kind of like a day camping trip where you camp at night on Psalm 23, and each day you you do a little bit of a day hike, a little bit of a walk through it as you study it, and as you look to it, and as you think about it, you ponder these words. But then each night, we're going to still camp in that Psalm 23 and work our way through it slowly. Well, now we come to the end, and we see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's almost over, and for some of you, you might be thinking in your head, great, I can't wait to move on. I hope that's not true. I have really enjoyed just meditating on these words over the past six weeks. But we are getting close. And what I want you to see as we look to this final verse now is we can kind of see a whole life story unfolding in front of us. We see David's life unfolding before us because I truly think that David almost kind of sees a tree in the valley and he just leans up against that tree or sits against the tree and kind of kicks his legs up and he just starts pondering and thinking about all of his life all of his choices, everything that's happened to him. And he sees that God has always been there by his side. Now, some people, as we discussed earlier, and you can look back over the past six weeks on YouTube or Facebook at the different videos, but some people do believe that this is David in the midst of his life and and with enemies around him. I personally believe that it's more at the end of his life, looking back and pondering how God's been there. But either way, we have this great application that God is there for us. God has cared for him through it all, and God continues to care for us and him and all of his creation. In fact, God is always watching over us. If we ever think that God is not there, it's not because he's not there. It's because we're not looking to him. But God is all around us working in this world today, still. Even amidst all the problems, we see that the great shepherd brings us all the way from the green pastures, the still waters, the dark valleys of the shadows of death, and now all the way into the Father's house as we continue on with Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. It kind of reminds us of John 14, 2 and 3, where we read, I go to prepare a place for you, says the Lord. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again 
and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may also be. I believe that was a famous Rich Mullins song back in the late 90s, early 2000s, that where you are, I may also be. And what great joy we have, what great comfort we have, comforting words for today. On a week where there's been so much hate, so much rage, so much violence, so much protest, and some of this worthwhile causes, some of this needed in the world today, but others not so much, we have comforting words in God's scripture reminding us that God is still there for us, God is still shepherding us in our lives, and God never leaves us. Like a shepherd, he calls out to his sheep by name, and he guides them, he protects them, he leads them along life's narrow, narrow ways. All the arguments, all the debates, all the heated discussions amongst families, friends, a nation, everything terrible that seems to happen on the news. Maybe we need to turn off the news for a moment here this morning, for a moment this, this day, and focus on the hope that we see of fearless living by living in light of a shepherd. You see, there's so much danger around us, isn't there? There's so much death. There's so much despair. But it's comforting to know that without a doubt, without a doubt, that as we are godly saints, set apart, living for him, following after him, we have eternal living to look forward to. We have peace with the God of all creation, our Father in heaven, through Jesus Christ, and a Holy Spirit empowering us for daily living. Isn't that comforting news amongst everything that's happening? David starts out, and I didn't put it up here yet. I'm not at that slide yet. But David starts out saying, surely, surely goodness and mercy will come to you. Surely goodness and mercy will come to him, will follow him. Honestly, one prominent pastor, um, I forget which one, it might have been John MacArthur, but one big time pastor out there said that it's unclear if David's words of a coming back to God type moment, and he's realizing, wow, God, your goodness, mercy, they've always followed me. They're still here. And as I turn back to you with my life, I recognize that, I acknowledge that. Or if it is at the end of his life and he's focusing on his eternal future, eternal kingdom living. But either way, we have this great application from his life. We know this. We know that whether today, tomorrow, or through our eternal futures, our everlasting days, God's presence is available to us. Did you get that? Today, tomorrow, every day, the everlasting days, God's presence is available to you. His presence. Comforting news in a day of so much sorrow. Let's go to that next slide. Haley, if you could help me out there. You see, David expects, as can we, obviously black does not show up well on this slide, so I'll read it for you. David expects, as can we, an ongoing fellowship, an intimate fellowship, and opportunities with the Lord God Almighty. Not just for this physical life here, but for everlasting life, he knows that we can expect an ongoing and intimate fellowship with the Lord God Almighty. David says, surely, and as he says, surely, he means almost like absolutely. As he starts this statement, he's wrapping everything up that we've been reading and studying for the last six weeks. And he says, surely, absolutely, without a doubt, this is what I have to look forward to. He knows that he can trust in God. And as we've read before, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, which says, 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I got to remember to look at my wings here every once in a while. Hi, Larry. David acknowledges God. David trusts in God. David follows his path. He follows the shepherd, and he listens to his voice, and he remembers, he encourage, he's encouraged by recognizing that surely, absolutely, without a doubt, I can look forward to, I can trust that goodness and mercy are going to follow me. I'm also reminded, and I was reminded of this just the other day from one of my children who read this in the car and said, Dad, Mom, this is one of my favorite verses. And this child said, Psalm 25, verse 1 to 3, In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love. He's on, I think I read through like verse six, but what a great words for today. Words for us to remember who we should be putting our trust in, who should we should be following after as a great shepherd over our lives, as a protector, as a provider, as a shield. God's always there. So, David says, as we start off here, surely goodness, love, and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This brings us to point one. We're going to keep it simple today. We've just got two points and a couple little quotes for you. And with point one, I want you to think about last week's theme of feasting at a table. If you remember last week's verse about God setting a table before you in the presence here of your enemies, we're continuing with that idea and saying that this feast will satisfy all the wants you will have. It will satisfy your needs for a lifetime, for a lifetime. If you're taking notes, this feast will satisfy all the wants you will have. It will satisfy your needs for a lifetime. Any need you ever have will be provided by God. But please don't misunderstand me. I know, man, I'd love to have a brand new ranger, fishing ski boat. Some of you might want a new gun. Maybe some of you want a new sewing machine. I'm trying to think about the other side of things, not just my manly ones. Um, some of you women might want a new gun or a new fishing boat too, so forgive me. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about our spiritual needs. You see, God, God fills our cup overabundantly with everything we need through him. Our souls are restored through him and through him alone. The world today, they try and fill the, the, so many things. But some of you know as well as I do, if not better, that those things, they never fill you. Those things eventually just make you feel more and more empty. And how is that? That your homes can be filled with things and yet you still feel hopeless, helpless, depressed, upset, angry, because those aren't the things that your soul is longing for. Our soul thirsts for God, the living God. Like a deer pants for living water, our soul thirsts for him. Moving on, this feast will satisfy all the ones you could have for a lifetime. I like to think about it like this. I wrote down, we make it to the main dish of this meal. 
The Lord has sat before us a meal, a feast of peace, if you remember last week. And now we see the main dish being, being presented to us. I think of Beauty and the Beast and, and with my kids and all the, the lamp guy and all these characters bringing out this big feast and be our guest, be our guest, be our guest. And here comes God setting down the main dish in front of us. And this main dish is filled to the brim with his goodness and mercy. You see, we sit down and we feast because God's goodness and mercy are free. They are abundantly available. There's a stockpile and it's an all-you-can-eat buffet, a never-ending plate full of goodness and mercy. And that's a good thing because you know what? We need that goodness and we need that mercy. More than any of us can imagine, we need that mercy because we're sinful human beings who are always looking to ourselves when really what we need is him. We don't have to worry about the kitchen running out. The host provides abundantly, and the host will continue to provide all of our needs until we need no more. But here's the question. Do we ever truly not need? No. We always are in need of him because we were created to have a relationship with him. In the beginning of creation, Genesis 1, we were created to have a relationship with him. But then we sinned, didn't we? And our sins separate us from God. How can we ever get this goodness and mercy? This goodness and mercy is said to follow us. It follows us, it pursues us. God pursues you with this ever, never-ending, ever-present goodness and mercy. And this is great because unless we are blind, I think as we look in the mirror, we can see that we're not these perfect sheep who know it all. I mean, like sheep, we can be pretty dumb and we think we know it all. But we're not pedigreed sheep if there is a such thing. We're flawed, we're imperfect, and we need him. Sheep aren't worth much, but to God, we're worth enough. We're worth everything that he would send his one and only son to die for us on that cross yet while we were still sinners. We're valued, we're priceless in his eyes and we're created in his image. All of us are created in his image and he loves all of us as his creation. Despite all of our flaws, he pursues us and cares for us. Despite how often we run away, despite how often we run for that cliff, despite how often we push him away and said, no, not now, God, not now. I'm busy doing what I wanna do. Goodness and mercy are still following us. It's still pursuing us and it's still waiting for us to turn around. Here's a good illustration for you. It's been said that goodness and mercy has been described as a shepherd's sheep herding dog. So think of a sheep herding dog. Scott Culver's got a cow herding dog. He can tell you how smart it is. Well, these sheep herding dogs, they chase after the sheep that have gone astray and they constantly nip and bark at their ankles at the sheep's feet to get them to notice their wrongful path and turn back towards the shepherd and his ways, righteous ways. The shepherd's dog chases after the sheep and nips and barks at them, annoys them so much, even inflicts pain sometimes, just a little bit of pain to make them turn away to prevent eternal pain. That's what God does for us. That's what this goodness and mercy is doing for us. You see, sometimes the sheep keep on running. Sometimes they must be knocked down. Sometimes forcibly they must be turned around. 
Sometimes they must hit a brick wall. Sometimes the sheep, and if you can't get this, I'm talking about us. Sometimes we need to hit that bottomless pit so we can realize just how far we've ran away from God. And that bottomless pit, that brick wall, is God forcibly saying, look at what you're doing. Turn back to me. Accept my goodness and mercy. I've got enough to cover all your sins. What is best for the sheep is always that it yields to its master. Are you walking with the shepherd now? Are you listening to his voice because he's there? Are you thinking like him in a world filled with hate right now? Are we trying to think like him? Are we trying to speak like him? Are we trying to show his love to the people who need to see it? Are we listening to his instructions before our own sinful desires? Are you living in the light that he shines upon your path so that you can stay on that narrow path of righteous living? Are we just living according to our own ways or according to what we think makes people around us happy? Are we just living in a way which tries to avoid all the conflict? Well, maybe God wants us to be counterculture. Maybe God wants us to live in the right way and tell the culture, look, you're wrong here. I believe in God's word to all be true, and this is what we need to look to for righteous ways of living. This is what we need to look to for hope and peace in a world filled with hopelessness, despair, rage, and fighting, and death. And I think you get the point. Moving on, this psalm is not just for your some days, it's your every day, for your every days. You've heard that a lot. And I hope that as we wrap up here, we start to wrap up with today, that you don't forget Psalm 23. I hope that like all of God's word, you continue to look to it for your everlasting days. And that brings us to point two. Point two, since you probably won't be able to read it up here, is this. This feast reminds us to live for eternity and not just for today. This feast reminds us to live for eternity and not just for today. The second part of Psalm 23, 6 is this, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's almost like a good chant, isn't it? Let's say that together. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Guys, we can say that with joy. We can say that with pride. We can say that as a comforting news to everybody around us which needs to hear it, that the doom and gloom that is presented before us every day on the news and in the world around us, they don't have to control us because we know this. We know that we are reminded every single day that we need to be living for eternity and not just for today. We know without a doubt where we're gonna dwell. We know without a doubt based off his word that we are godly saints. We're set apart for his kingdom. We're not of this world. We're aliens in this world awaiting his future kingdom, awaiting the everlasting kingdom, awaiting being in his presence forever and ever and ever. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. I think we know, and some of you know more than me, some of you have been through terrible, terrible disasters, deaths and despair, valleys of shadows of death, and you know that we're going to have many stages of life. We're going to have green pastures, still waters, yes, and great. We want to praise God during those times, but we're also going to have these narrow paths of righteousness, and we're going to get off. We're going to go astray, or maybe we're staying right on that path God wants, and Satan throws this, this ball and hits us off course. He throws us into a valley of shadow of death, 
But what you're gonna find is through it all, you're not alone. Through it all, you have your shepherd's voice. And sometimes that shepherd's voice, it might sound like a little whisper, over here, over here. But all along, he's still there. He's still there. Don't lose sight of the shepherd. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Remind yourself that hope daily. Do people see your eternity in you? Do people see heaven in you? Do people see Christ in you? Do people see that you're living with eternity in mind every single day? Do they see the love that you have? I hope they do. You see, we have this suggestion of the closest intimacy that we'll ever be able to imagine. We're gonna have an intimacy with God. And David longs to dwell in the presence of the Lord forever, for all of eternity. That's why he's saying here, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and I cannot wait till this day. And we can say that same thing. You know what? Somebody posted on my Facebook page the other day, they tagged me, they said something, some meme about do you believe we're living in revelation times in the last days? Do you believe the time's coming soon? I said, you know what? I don't know when that day is gonna be, but whenever it is, I'm ready. Jesus, take me now. And to some people in the world, they'd be like, really? How can you leave your family behind? How can you leave people behind? How can you leave everything that you're working towards? Well, you know what? Because I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever in his goodness and mercy. They follow us, they pursue us, they never leave us. And that is joy. That is true joy. That's what we have to look forward to. And I praise God and I, I look forward to and I pray for my family that they'll be there with me. I pray for you that you'll be there with me. And I hope that you pray for your family, your friends, your neighbors, the world as well. And that you pray for them to be there too. But here's the problem. We have a tendency to view our God as distant. It's uncaring of our needs, but it's just not so. He's there. He's here. He's everywhere. And we need to continue to look to him. Seek his glorious blessings. Even amidst the battles around us, the war, sit at the table, sit at the feast and be reminded to live for eternity and not just for today how great it will be to physically dwell in his presence forevermore. Think about it. No more separation from God. I mean, that alone will fill us for all of eternity. No sin, no imperfect bodies, no pain, no mourning, no violence, no death. Transformed fully into the image of God will be near his royal throne, high and lifted up with him where the angelic hosts are and his glory fills the room. How great it will be to dwell with him forever. The joys are indescribable. Uh, indescribable. We can only imagine what it will be like, but we know from God's word, it will be glorious because he is glorious. But I've got news for you. You don't have to wait till that forevermore day because God is with us now. God is with us. And that's what this whole Psalm 23 is kind of summarizing as we started out in the very beginning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. God is with us. He gives us all we need. You see, the world, our sin will lead in many different ways, but God's goodness and mercy will always be following after you. And the Lord's 
goodness meets our needs, and his mercy withholds God's judgment that we rightly deserve for our sins because Jesus paid the price for our sin. Remember what we said at the beginning, you see the gospel, God desires a relationship with us. Our sins separate us from God. We can't repay the price for our sins with good deeds. It's not about that. It's about a savior. It's about Jesus. You see, Jesus paying the price for our sin, he died and rose again. And because of that, we can confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord and savior and follow after him for all of eternity. We can have life Everyone can have life, and that life can start today. Do you have the shepherd? I mean, really, really, I want you to think about it. Does your life show that you have the shepherd? Does your life show that you have this hope? Does your life show that you live for eternity and not just for today? Can people see it in you? One last illustration before I give you a list of questions for you to ponder as your Psalm 23. You see, when you travel to an unknown region, whether domestically or internationally, it can be helpful to get a tour guide. A tour guide can take you through the region, informing you of the history that surrounds you. A tour guide can make sure that you don't walk through those dark, dangerous alleys that you don't even know about because you've never been to this place like San Francisco. Oh, I've never been to San Francisco. You guys have. But a tour guide helps keep you safe. He helps lead you. He helps provide for you by showing you where the good coffee shops are. I mean, where the good restaurants are. He helps protect you. And that's what our tour guide is in God, the creator of all the universe. You see, we need this tour guide. We need this shepherd to lead us and guide us and provide for us. So as we end... As we wrap up, and as I encourage you to live with him and follow him, live for him, I have a series of questions for you. And you don't need to write them down. There's a good list of them here, but just think about them. And maybe we all need to have our own Psalm 23, lean back against a tree and just think over our life. Think about all God's done, how he continues to guide you. But I want you to think about these questions. What are we doing to dwell in his presence today and forever. And maybe first, you just need to think about that first part. What are you doing today to dwell in his house? What are you doing today to dwell in his house forever? Do you know this goodness and mercy that he provides for you? And as Psalm 23 shows us, do we think about this goodness and mercy? And as we think about this goodness and mercy, the next questions, they kind of blend together, but is this, do people around you see the goodness and mercy that you have, that God has so freely provided for you? Can they see that you dwell with him forever in his house? Can they see that you're not running from him, you're not running wild, crazy, hectic lives, but can they see that you're being led with a tour guide that knows all things? Can they see that you're following a great shepherd? Can they see that you listen to his voice and not your own voice, not the world's voice? We need to live our lives with our futures with him in mind. Seek, find, ask, receive, trust, and obey. Or as Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. 
For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. God wants to provide all of his children with all of their needs. But you see, the most thing we need, the thing we need the very, very most is not a thing in this world. It's him. It's him. And God freely wants to give you that restored relationship with him. But are we truly living with him? Or are we not because we're trying to appease too many people instead of looking, most importantly, to him? He wants to give you himself. Through Jesus, we can have restored lives. You see, God's perfect love and mercy are available to you today and every day. And in fact, John 1, 1 John 4.16 says that God is love. Some of you remember this verse. It continues. It says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. So my one final question for you is this. How are you living? Are you living with him, in him, for him? Are you living in love? Are you showing his goodness and mercy and love to the people around you? He knows you. He loves you. He desires you. He knows his sheep by name. He knows you by name. And he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's your shepherd. He provides all you need. He cares for your needs. He protects you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Before I close, I just want to wrap up this series. Fearless living, living in the light of a shepherd by reading that whole psalm. One more time, one final time. In fact, Haley, can you put it on the screen? Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Let's close our eyes and pray. Lord, we thank you today that we have a great shepherd who loves us and cares for us and knows us by name and you never leave us or forsake us. In fact, your goodness and love, they pursue us. They follow us. You provide all of our needs, Lord, and you bring us to green pastures and lead us beside still waters. But we're reminded that even though you lead us along paths of righteousness, we will have valleys of shadows of death. And Lord, we thank you that we know that even in the midst of these battles, you prepare a table before us. Even with our enemies surround us, they look on and see us feast in peace on your ever-present presence in our life. We thank you for your goodness and mercy, which provides all of our needs and also takes care of our need for judgment, for justice due to our sins. We thank you for Jesus, who, whose blood, whose death, whose body broken covers our sins and provides us a new covenant, a life eternal with you. And Lord, we will dwell in the house, Lord, forever. Lord, what great news. What comforting news for us to hear today. What comforting news for people all around us to see 
that we have goodness and mercy, but not on our own and not of ourselves. We have your goodness and mercy following after us every single day of our lives and forevermore. And may we take great joy in knowing, may we find great comfort in knowing that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.